Hi everyone, David here. Just wanted to give you all a heads up about this week's episode. Uh, it does contain a little bit of background chatter and uh, a couple of noises here and there. Uh, people were just arriving at Nathan's house. Uh, we were having a Simpsons marathon. Uh, so people were just arriving as we were recording this podcast, but it does turn out to be a blessing in disguise, uh, as you will see, uh, later on in this episode, but, uh, yeah, just wanted to give you a heads up and, uh, enjoy the show. story is that bands with no talent can easily amuse idiots with a stupid puppet show. We are Hottest 100s and Thousands and we have taken control of your radio station. This is the podcast in which we take a look at every last song that is deemed hot enough to be in the Triple J Hottest 100. My name is David James Young and I'm one of the four voices that you are going to be hearing over the next hour. Joining me once again, Mr. Andrew McDonald. Always a pleasure, David. Mr. Nathan Harrison. Hello. And the return of the Mac himself, ladies and gentlemen, Adam Buncher. I'm deeply troubled by how many times I was referred to as departed last episode. <laughs> Dearly departed. Yes. I, I'm not dead. <laughs> yeah, but there was going to be a whole week between then and now. Anything could have happened. <laughs> Hopefully We're just not covering our bases. Hopefully not my death and resurrection. Like, Imagine if you had died and we hadn't drawn attention to it. That would be terrible. That'd be so that's rude. True. Yeah. That would be horribly rude. We're just trying to be if polite. I, look, if I do drop dead during or after this podcast, please do pay attention to that. Yeah. Yeah. Rumors of his demise that. have been greatly exaggerated, Hugely my friends. All righty. We we're in the middle of the 80s in the 1993 Hottest 100. Uh, which <laughs> middle is of the 80s actually, in the early 90s. Yeah, middle of the 80s in the early 90s. So take from that what you will. We have a very excellent collection of songs to talk about today. Let's yeah. not waste a second more at number 85 it's green jello with three little pigs Getting paid money for religious speech. 
Green Jelly at number 85 or Green Jell No, rather. they changed their name to Green Jelly. Oh, yes. yes. Right, by right, right. The pronunciation okay. is yeah. Jell-O. <laughs> they came in at number 85 in the 1993 Hottest 100 with the song Three Little Pigs. Now... Uh, Mr. Nathan Harrison has been raring to go on this one, so I'm going to throw it instantly to him. Now, would you like to do a little rant cough before you go? Or uh... <coughs> Alright, he is cleared and ready to go. Ladies and gentlemen, Nathan Harrison. This is easily one of the worst songs I have ever heard. Oh! <laughs> yeah, like, that's it. Bottom ten, easy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Alright, come on, give it, it give is. us what you got. It's just terrible. It's mm-hmm. it's not interesting or funny or clever or, or anything. The lyrics are just childish and immature and, and not making a point of that. They're just they're just it's awful. Like the yeah. whole thing is just awful. And I, yeah, I don't know. And, like I thought like it, it's not funny enough to be joke metal. Joke metal as a thing is intrinsically not a yeah. good thing. Like it's it's just it's an awful song. The um from the get go of the like the why don't you sit right back kind of thing even at, at oh, its best yeah, right. at its best that song could earn me a yeah. two out of ten it, yeah <laughs> it starts and it sounds like someone's doing a bad Gilbert Gottfried impression yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it only gets worse from there yeah and though this kind of like the, the, this idea of like we're an adult band doing a, a kids song kind of thing like that that only metal and ska bands seem to think is okay yeah right every other genre of music grows out of it maybe Green Jello should have done a cover of Tech On Me maybe yeah sure why not but yeah, it's it's vulgar. It's a putrid yeah. song. Yeah, and it, it has has the classic like, especially like I don't know. I think it typifies shitty ninety humor of I'm gonna take like a ch- children's story and, and put drug references yeah. in it, and yeah. that isn't that hilarious oh, yeah. anymore? Yeah, and all the the Rambo cameo at oh, the my, end. What is that? It's, just, yeah. like, it's a new new levels of shit. And then and then they, like at the end, it's like trying to wink at the whole bad song thing by being like, oh, you know, we entertained you with like. Everyone listened to this bad yeah. song. It's like, well, no, honestly, I turned it off. It's no, that, like it took me that... multiple attempts to get through this. Yeah. It's <laughs> that, kind of, that kind of bullshit of a, a parody of a bad idea that is worse than the bad idea, like LMFAO. That kind of like we're making fun of how crap this kind of music is, but you're worse than that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The sole bit of interesting anything that you no. can know, you can know about <laughs> yes. this, like no, it, it's trivia. There's nothing else to this song. The trivia is that Maynard James Keenan of Tool fame uh, is the backing vocalist in this song who provides the... Uh, not by the hair. The ch- not by the hair of my chinny chin chin. Right. Yeah. So. And also, well, I, I, I've been doing some research on these guys, yeah. uh, actually, and I think the band is far, far more interesting than the song. Or, or anything um, else they've ever done. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, like, from what I understand, they played this song on radio as a joke, and yep. they didn't actually intend for it to be big. Like, no. they, they were actually kind of being a bit punk in their attitude to playing this song on radio in the yeah it's it's bad it was supposed to be bad and, there, and no one was supposed to like it but people did and it kind of gained momentum that the band never intended for it to have and lo and behold here we are I'm actually really yeah, interested they're the victims if, in this if story I'm, no, 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 yeah. if I'm being Neil Hannah you made this band I'll eat my hat <laughs> I you my opinion you think I'm being hamburger you're being hamburger from what I okay here's, here's the info that I've established with Green Jello. The whole premise of the band, even down to the band name, was that they were starting off to be the worst band. That is their whole premise. But I don't, I don't find that, that interesting premise. But, mm. but, 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 like, okay, so, like, even, even the band name, Green Jello, like, Green Jello is supposedly the worst flavour of Jello. So this yeah. is, like, that's where that's they were, not that's true. how bad they <laughs> Lime, I've, I've never tried it, but apparently that's, like, that's where they were starting from. Probably it's banana or something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. 
So they were continuing on with this with this whole thing of of being horrible and doing really. I mean, the bassist that reportedly was so bad when they first started, he color coded his frets in order to play songs. Like <laughs> this is they're playing with the aesthetic of bad, and then they are taking that and turning it into a live show. And I think that's what this band is all about. What we get in this song is not really what Green Jello all about. Uh, I mean, they, they were huge on the on the college circuit, from what I can understand, and yeah. they eventually became known. The more as... I hear about this college circuit, the less I am. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> They'll just listen but, to anything. But this is really interesting because both you, Nathan, and you, Andrew, have been part of a punk band that plays with a live aesthetic as as, as part of you know, Run on Mom. Yes, and your whole thing was, from what I can understand, more about doing a, a live spectacle than it was about. Performing music, but there's a difference between being in a live band and having a, like fun. But there, there was no like the idea that they're, that they're meant to be a bad band, but they're not abrasively bad. No. It's just it's just meandering crap. Like there's no. <laughs> it's it's yeah. pretty was, obnoxious to yeah, be fair. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like, but like it isn't even like heavy metal that's so heavy it's annoying. Right. Like it's not like it's not like when you, the first time you hear Miss Sugar, you're like this is confronting music. It's just generic middling pop metal that doesn't go anywhere and it's vulgar and terrible I, that, that is, I, I that can't is fathom like, them having done it on purpose I, I, I really can't I, can't say I think maybe they did but I just yeah. don't think that I that's don't think that's, that's what I mean that an interesting enough level. yeah like I, I don't like whatever they're trying to do I like they unless, haven't done it or it's not an interesting enough unless, and, unless they've done it to the point where they're making fun of the idea that they're making fun of the idea they're making fun of it this triple level of irony this irony singularity there's no way they've done that. That's the only thing that would be acceptable. And if they have, I honestly don't think that if people have, that voted it into the hottest no, 100 will no, more on that if, if well, they, that's, that's the thing. If, like if, they, if yeah. they have done that, they've just like out tismed tism and the residents. <laughs> yeah. like, there's, there's no way that they're, they're the new residents. Like, I, I refuse to accept that. <laughs> definitely not. I definitely think anything not. that they achieved towards those lines were probably a little bit more accidental than those other bands that you mentioned, but I definitely think this is the kind of thing that they're playing with. Based on what I've looked at, so like... I don't know, I guess I don't hate the song as much as you guys do, because I can... But I certainly don't think it should have been included in the countdown. I think it has a, I think it has a niche, and I can understand people how people could have got on board, but I don't know how on board I am necessarily with it. But, for an added piece of trivia, um, back in the early days of my video gaming, uh, mm-hmm. there was a Spider-Man game that was quite popular called Maximum Carnage. These guys actually did the soundtrack to it. No wow. shit. Yeah. They recorded it like this really. That's pretty really, much all you can get out of this band trivia. Yeah. Why are the men on the moon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, ninety four. Yeah, exactly. Also, driving home the postal vote thing. Just someone writing down green jelly, three little pigs leaving take, their house. Yeah, <laughs> taking it to the post spare. office, saying, "Yep." Lock it in, Eddie. It costs the money to vote for that song. <laughs> or do you think it was just like a number five, just like, you know, like, oh, whatever the last vote is. It's like, oh, what's that? I need, I just need one more song. Just, oh, oh, that one, yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. This will be a laugh. Yeah. And enough people just went and got in, right? This is how oh. evil happens. Oh, well, it was probably a riot at the time, but right now, all we can get is the clown crying. That was, <laughs> uh, that was Green Jello with Three Little Pigs. Alrighty, it's time for number 84. This is the first of 10 appearances that this band will be making throughout the history of the Hottest 100, and a band that will play a very important part a little later on in this particular season. But right now, let's talk about Rage Against the Machine at number 84 with Bullet Ahead!
Skills Machine at number 84 with Bullet in the Head. We are going to uh, defer this one to Resonance Ratum fanboy, Mr. Adam Buncher. Represent. Represents. Now, yeah. this would have been one of the first bands that we connected on, because you were just like, dude, I fucking, I'm fucking obsessed with this band. I was, I was like, yeah, them. they're the shit. I was so, them, yeah. Um, also, the first record you ever bought? Or? Absolutely. First first record I ever bought um, features this song, Rage yes. Machine, self-titled. The iconic Burning Monk on the cover, which Good I didn't times. get um, <laughs> until and, much later. Part of that yeah, like last week. Yeah, you, <laughs> don't, you don't really see it until you look like yeah. you're just like, what the fuck is going on there? Oh no, no, is it like I didn't get the cover when I bought yeah. when I bought the CD? They uh, the cover had been stolen, so they sold oh. it to me in a slipcase. No yeah. shit. So I did I, it cost less. I was shocked at the imagery. <laughs> um, no, it cost the same amount. It's still twenty nine ninety five. But the whole thing is like they made it seem like they were doing me a favor because like oh we shouldn't really sell this to you without the cover. And I was just I felt like Oliver Twist man. Yeah. Like, oh, but it's but hot, please, yeah. I've saved up all my pocket money. It's my yeah. favorite album ever. Fuck you! I won't do what you tell me. <laughs> 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 it's the most yeah. It was the most like it was the, one of the weirdest circumstances in which to buy a Rage Against the Machine album. So um, yeah, this is a classic track from a classic album. Um, yeah. What's your what's your take on this track? Take on this particular track, um, man. Like I just I always thought it was a, as a bit of a weird one for the album, at least initially with the first with the first being so bass heavy, like driven on that kind of sure. funk. Yeah, like it certainly is the more funky less rocky uh, track from the album yeah Tom's um, yeah. in it for a while mm. and in, in the end he's just kind of like adding that ornamentation like and I think I think it draws more upon more upon hip hop in that way than a lot of other tracks on Rage's Machine's first self-titled album do because he, I, like I think that's something I've been thinking about recently in relation to my thinking about Rage's Machine like yeah. uh, you know like framing them as a, as, a, as a hard rock band but also like how do they go when you frame them as a hip hop band, sure, um, and it, and they're both really interesting positions to come at for this band. Like, you know, is it Public Enemy for the White Kids, for example? Yeah. Um. So yes, probably, probably the, probably the answer question. to that is yes. Like, I certainly certainly like after discovering Public Enemy and going back to Radio the Machine is like, oh wow, Zach, you just you really just want to be yeah. Chuck D. Hey. Totally. Um, I seldom feel more white than in a room full of white people jumping to um, killing the killing the yeah. Oh, totally like, right. That's always the whitest room in the country. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Especially like because we we have a, a history of being in those rooms when like everyone's in formal wear as well, oh, which is just even more complicated. Yeah. I love the track. Mm. Um, I think I think it, it works in all in all kinds of ways. And yeah, like it. it I mean, Andrew, you're probably going to cover into this because you. I know you have some. Some problems with Radius Machine, mm. um, so I won't, I won't steal your thunder somewhat. I think I think the criticism <laughs> that you're gonna that you're going to bring up to foreshadow well, don't tell most him, likely you to, <laughs> <laughs> that you might. Yeah. Uh, you never know. Yeah, like I think I think some of that's kind of kind of valid here, but um, I I don't know. Like I'll always I'll always love Radius Machine. I can't divorce myself from Me the too. love I always have. I love this song. I absolutely and that love riff, this album. Like yeah. the halftime riff yeah. in that is absolutely succeeds in what yeah. it tries to do. Like I think it, it, it unlike Three Little Pigs, this song yeah. needs to be as long as it is. Yeah, like, totally it goes right. places. Yeah, yeah. This is a, this is a classic example of what I call a Rage Against the Machine two parter, where I'll have that main thing going, and then maybe halfway or three quarters in, it will change the tempo, like either go faster or slower, and then they'll bring in like. In the same key, but like a different take on what they've already just yeah. done, mm. and yeah, I'm always, like Killing in the Name of is a great example because it starts off with that you know very funky like da, 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 doo, 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 you know, and then it kicks into the main thing you know, which I don't know potentially that's that's more of a hip hop thing than a rock thing. 
Maybe not. Uh, maybe that it, it, it combines Russia. elements of both. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The idea of Russia, you can, is... kind of, you can probably see it in a lot of bands on both both sides of that coin. Yeah, right. like the idea of the idea of taking something and cutting away from it really rapidly and rupturing mm-hmm. the, the flow of something is a, is a very yeah, strong I, idea. I think this song is it. very indicative of you know what I love about this band. You know, the incredible lyrics, the incredible riff, the drumming is you know unstoppable, and it you know. It rolls with the punches, you know. Brad Wilk is a great drummer in that regard. And when he knows when to properly accent a, a track, you know, he can go all out on, you know, the crashes like, doo, 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 doo. but sometimes he'll just bring it down to like a little snare roll and then just build that up into mm. something like humongous, you know. And it takes a lot of skill to do that. There, all four of them are just very, very skilled in that regard. So yeah, yeah, the, the, I've always, I've always dug that about this band, and and yeah, I love this song, I love this record. I'm really looking forward to getting to discuss this band more uh, throughout the history of the Hottest 100. I think the rhythm section is one of the hearts of the whole song. The mm. bass on the drums and just sell throughout the whole track. Sure. I, um, as is always, I guess my complaint with Rage is um, the lyrics are real, real, so edgy, so brave. Like this is so much of that, like that, like. Well, I guess you have to kind of put it in the context. Yeah, I know. Yeah, time, but like you know. that, like um, like standing in line, believing the lies. Like you got a bullet yeah. in your head. Like, come on, man. Like, yeah, it's, it's absolute pencil is, case. Back. It is. It, it's, it's, it's all, yeah, the, it's all yeah. the subtlety of a swinging hammer. Yeah, and there's, like, there's only so much like a way into that. But, but that's, that's not what you listen to Rage for. You don't you don't listen to Rage yeah. for anything less than that. Well, but, I know. But like, Zach is uh, Zach, in the, these verses. I think have some of my favorite aspects of Zach's rapping I really like his yeah. flow here I think it's a really good song and I do like uh, Tom's sound in it is really great as well and it was before I guess that became oversaturated and when you kind of, everyone's kind of started crapping on Tom Morello like as being a derivative guitarist this was before that so it's still kind of exciting He's mm-hmm. good. It's, a, it's a very fun yeah. song I like it a lot yeah. I, I don't rave about it like I do with like, like oh, I guess a lot of people do with Rage because I do sure. I'm, I'm quicker to crap on them than most but sure. I enjoy this song a fair amount I guess, like, to come over from a different way, though, like, even even though the lyrics, yeah, like, they come across pretty ham-fisted at times, like, if, it, if it's enough to get people to kind of just consider a point of view, like, however however vague it is, you know, a, a position where, hey, maybe, like, authority ain't that great, like, if that's if that's all it's saying, I suppose that's not too detrimental, like, it's... No, it's, it's but, they are, but they are the authority and people sing along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and I mean, that, that, like, that sort of awareness is that, you know, whenever there's a really, like, shallow political sentiment that the argument in support of it is always yeah but it gets people talking about it or maybe yeah. introduce it like and I think that that can only go so far and then you end up with a room full of white people in formal suits yeah. jumping around to the song yeah. and and how much you know how yeah, much political Nathan, change a, is that affecting you're a, you're a white guy in, in, I often, am. often informal wear I've known what's, I've what's, been known to be yeah what's your what's your what's your take on this track I like right you know I, I this album was really as far as I went with Rage. Like, really? the other okay. albums, like, I, I dabbled in a bit, but they sure. didn't grab me as much as the first album. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, you know, I had an unpleasant experience trying to get tickets to uh, the Rage concert when they came out. Maybe I'll oh, save that yeah. Ruby story for, for later on in the countdown. Yes. But save, I that, really... save that for when we talk about Killing Me. I will, name. I will. But um, I haven't really, like, and because of that, I haven't really listened to them much for the last... How, I don't know, five years or whatever. Sure, um, yeah. They're just not part of the music I listen to much anymore. When I do go back to them, I'm like, yeah, this is really cool. Musically, mm. you know, rhythmically, I think, is is where they excel and where they've dated the least. Um, yeah, but I th- also think it's interesting, this song and I guess Men on the Moon a little earlier, mm-hmm. um, are really, so far at least for me, the only two songs that 
are still in some sort of mu- musical. You define as like classics of the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like we haven't carried most of these songs through with us. We're already like probably not fi- fifteen songs in, and we've only got two. <laughs> yeah. That, um, yeah, I can't imagine we'll be going back to the show no. at any time. Soon. No, exactly. So I don't know. It's, it, it's interesting. Yeah, no, this is another one of those songs. Yeah. It's good to have another one in the countdown. Probably should have been a bit higher up, really. Well, I, I think there are, there's enough other rage in the countdown that... Yeah, there was a lot more focus on another particular song from this yeah. album. Yeah. I'm not going to spoil which I think, one. I think most people when voting for a rage song this year didn't vote for Lunar <laughs> yeah. So I guess considering that, it's kind of amazing that it got in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. I mean, we right. see that a lot, I think, in, in the Hottest 100 countdowns. Lots of bands getting like yeah. three or, you know, sometimes four. Is four the most any band has ever got in oh. a single countdown? Proud Finger has probably gotten more. Yeah, yeah, probably. Probably five. But oh, yeah, wait, 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 wait. Wolf Mother got six. No way. In the 2005 Hottest 100. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, man. <laughs> Good times. That's most of the album. We, are, we'll we, cross, really we will cross that bridge when we get to it, friends. Okay, at number 83, we are going to be talking about Underground Lovers. And it's the first time that a remix has made it into a Hottest 100, so we are going to be looking at the remix to the Underground Lovers song, Your Eyes. Lovers at number 83 in the 1993 Hottest 100 with the remix of Your Eyes. Alright, Andrew, we're going to throw this one to you, uh, considering you are the king of the remix. Uh, What'd you make of this one? I don't mind this track. I, I, um, I guess it has a bit of reminiscent of that um, Primal Scream, Scream with that, like a sound that really overproduced. Yeah, bit, 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 like. bit roses. Yeah, exactly, well. yeah, exactly that kind of, I guess, early 90s Acid House British rock movement that was around. Um, yeah, this was released on a 4AD compilation, this remix was. Um, and I think 4AD is one of my absolute favourite record labels from, I guess, the 80s and the 90s. They yeah. had, like, Cocktail Twins, Dead Can Dance, Red House Painters, wonderful record label. And this was kind of close to the end of their golden period, and it has a bit of that... Like, it's representative of that. It's just, like, the tail end of a good idea, I think. There's, like, the beat is good, I like it enough... 
um, but it doesn't really go anywhere. There are little flourishes of acoustic guitar and electronica that come in in the second half that do keep it more interesting than perhaps otherwise. But like, it's still. I think I think it's a very pleasant track. If it was on a compilation CD, like it was, I wouldn't skip it. But I certainly wouldn't go out of my way to get into like Underground Lovers or whoever the remixer is. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I think I'm. I think this is probably the song out in this episode that I'm most in the middle about. You know, I feel very strongly. You know, either way about a couple of tracks, but this track, you know, I'm kind of in the middle. It's just like, yeah, that's fine. I think that's reflective of the song itself. You know, it's very lush. It's very cruisy. It's not too demanding. I guess it's kind of hard to compare to the original because it, you know, takes it on a bit more of an acid trip kind of kind of turn. But you know, it's fine. Underground lovers are fine. Like. I've never never been a massive fan of those guys. I can see why people were into them at the time. You know, they're a product of their environment, etc. But, yeah. There's get, a lot of that to it. That, yeah. Um, there's, get, there's, yeah. There's not enough a lot, of the, a lot of these songs, you know, it's it, a lot of these songs you can basically um, bring it back to, well, you had to be there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, maybe we're not the best people to talk about underground lovers about. But, uh, Let's find an know. old person for next time. Oh, yes. There's got to be some old people around. Yeah. What about dads? Yeah. <laughs> Let's get dad I mean, in. So, someone in their mid-30s is probably... Like, fine. Maybe. Yeah, that'll work. Nathan, what did you think of this track? It's, it's fine. I'm not really familiar <laughs> with the song. I had a pleasant enough time listening to it. It didn't grab me, uh, like, you know, whatever. It's, like, it's it's perfectly fine. I yeah. like, And again, I can appreciate that it probably had a lot more resonance at the time, and I'm sure... It was very important to a lot of people, and that's why it's in the countdown. Yeah, definitely, Adam. I'd love to come through at the end with some kind of groundbreaking new opinion, but it's fine. Like, <laughs> it, it, it really is. Like the way I, the way I described it to Andrew earlier is just like this would be a great song to have as a soundtrack to a film, probably a film directed by Danny Boyle. Um, you know, like so if it had yeah. something that I could attach it with now. Um, and say like, oh yeah, this, this is that great song from that great part of the film, and it perfectly sums up that mm. moment where Ewan McGregor is being sad, drinking a beer by himself. <laughs> yeah, but at the moment, I'm like, where's Ewan? Yeah. <laughs> Where is Ewan? There's no, there's no Ewan in this track, and so I'm, I'm, I'm the same way. Like, it's, it's, it's fine. It's is a, it, is it okay. Ewan in his pretty boy face, or has he got a beard? He's got a little bit of stubble. No. Post like. train spotting, free Star Wars. Um, <laughs> ooh, interesting time. I know exactly how long that yeah. beard like is. God bless you, Ian McGregor, wherever you are. Alrighty, uh, it's time uh, for uh, the uh, only Australian act that we're going to be talking about uh, today. I'm pretty sure. Don't quote me on it. Um, but uh, we're going to be talking about. The Bad Loves, uh, who we'll also be talking about in episode 5, so can't waste all our Bad Loves talk today, but uh, for now, let's talk about The Bad Loves at number 82 with Green Limousine. Alright. Listen to the sounds of the revolution Everybody
number 82 in the 1993 Hottest 100 with Green Limousine. I want to kick this off because now we're talking. <laughs> this song fucking jams. Yeah. I, I don't care who knows it. I know this song is so daggy and it's so outdated. And you see the video. It is both got, of those things. Yeah. <laughs> and they've got those horrible silk shirts on, you know, with like three buttons on. The really that. big jackets. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the, the dorky, like, uh, revolving tray for the <laughs> drum riser where someone's, like, manually moving it. You know, I love that it's so self-aware. I love that it's so uncool. I love that, you know, it's just such a lame, duck kind of song, but it's just, it fucking jams. It's so much fun. Yeah. I grew up with this song, you know. This is another one of the aforementioned Power FM songs that I used to hear all the time. I knew it was the Green Limousine song, but I could have never told you who sung it. I could have never. <laughs> I couldn't have even told you that they were Australian. I found that they were Australian when I was looking them up for this podcast. Wow. Yeah, it was just always that Green Limousine song in my head. I knew nothing about them. Now I've you know gone a little bit uh, a bit further in. Uh, the album that this is from went two times platinum here, so, yeah. you know. Oh, and, and especially this year, from That's what nice. I understand, they had both... Um, <laughs> yeah, this was, this, was, this, was, okay. this was the year of the bad loves, man. So. Yeah, well, it was. Like, they had an album out um, in 93, which we were, they were counting down, but also this one came off an EP. Yeah, um, that's right. Know, I don't know whether that was just, like, a single thing, or whether it was prior to the album. I don't know exactly how that happened, but... Whatever yeah. the case, this song ripped shit, and, and I don't care who knows it. I, I love think, it. I, I love it. I think it's the difference between your eyes and this song is that mm. you've, you've nailed it. Like, this song creates its own context. It creates yeah. its yeah, own... totally. It creates its own vibe. I don't need you and McGregor for this track. I don't no, need no, no. It, it does every... Like, I yeah. I'm, wasn't familiar with this song at all, but before the song was finished, I was singing along to the chorus. Yeah, yeah right. Like, like, it's just like, yeah, cool. I'm like, I'm on board this song so quickly. It's like, it's... <laughs> You know, it, it's not an incredible song. It's not gonna like. Oh no, it's not gonna know, change the world. Break through and you know whatever, <laughs> but it's super groovy. It has sort of that kind of I don't know, '90s disaffected like eels sort of vibe going. That like there's a bit That's of that laid back. Like I can you know, actually imagine mm-hmm. eels like jamming this yeah, one out. Yeah, that'd know. be pretty sweet. Like it's 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 got that feel to it. So like it's groovy, but it's also kind of ironic. Like yeah, whatever. We're just having a groove whatever <laughs> ain't no thing. Yeah. But like it's ain't super no fun. And like I said, I was singing along with it by the end of the song, which. <sighs> I was not doing that with Green Jelly. Sure. I don't pay it. You don't pay it? Oh, I, Andrew, Andrew had fun once and it was awful. I, I, I prefer your eyes. I think, like... What? I like I your eyes as well, but I I agree that... I, I don't know. I really like the like that drive your car where the wild things are. There's, couldn't, there couldn't be a less wild song in the fucking world. <laughs> so, like, it's like adult contemporary nostalgia pop, but it has to create its own nostalgic image that doesn't exist. So it's trying to oh. force that upon me the listener and like it's alright it's just that kind of middle of the road soft 6 out of 10 nonsense that I like just before we started talking about it I was struggling to recall it I was really right so I totally so wasn't that's like, me with yeah. your eyes yeah, right. that's, that's, that's totally what yeah. I get like I, I listen to your eyes like yeah. four times before I yeah, had right. any concept of what that song sounded like it's like this, this, this is not a horrible song it's just it's, it, it, I reckon this is perhaps the most beige song we've talked about so far. No, no, no. I've been more beige. Dude, look, 10, I'm okay with you saying it's beige, yeah. but it's not the most beige. Come on, <laughs> we've yeah, talked yeah, about 10,000 Maniacs, yeah, for fuck's sake. Fifty Shades of Beige. Hey. There's a bit of that to it. No, I don't know, man. <laughs> it's, it's fun. I'm on the groove side. Yeah. Yeah, this, this jams. Each the cheese stands alone. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, it is time to talk about our final song today. 
And it's time for a little bit of Cypress Hill at number 81. It's insane in the brain. Were you trying to get crazy with this thing? Don't you know I'm local? see it but I've just stage dived um, about six times I've stage dived into the crowd, just elbowed my way back to the front, climbed on stage, stage dive again, just throughout the duration of this song We're used to it from you though Yeah, <laughs> a lot of that We're just sitting here, we'd remain seated Yeah, you guys have just been sitting there just yeah, like, I had a little bit of a head nod Spring Bile's head nod This is a hip hop classic This is a bonafide banger I adore this song I can never be in a bad mood when it is on, it's loud and obnoxious and silly, and it's just so much fun. The beat kills. The hook is ridiculous. Uh, Cypress Hill, you know, they've they've you know, they've had their they've had their moments in the sun. You know, occasionally they've gotten a bit too burnt over the years, and they're they're looking a bit too blazed. Yeah, <laughs> hey, oh. in, in the sun. Yeah. <laughs> well, they've gotten pretty high, but of course, what comes up must come down, and they definitely have over the last few years. But uh, you you can't deny them this. This is no this way. is this is where the legacy starts for me. I love this song, uh, Buncher. You're uh, you're yeah. insane in the brain. So uh, yeah. Give us, give us, your, local, give, give us your take on uh, on Be Real and whatever the other guy's name is. Look, psyched to have it in the countdown at all. Like, this is the first real genuine hip hop song that has made it into the, the 93 countdown. I mean, you can't count Ebenezer Good. <laughs> Definitely not. No, That's and, racist. <laughs> that is just because it's from England. Scotland, thank you. Well, UK. Yeah. <laughs> Scotland is a suburb of England. Yeah. Come on, totally. You'd be um, counting in a circle before you count them. <laughs> But this, and I, I argue it should have been higher. Like, honestly, if I was voting in, in 93, I'd like to think that I would have voted for this song. Like, I like, you sure. know, if, if, if we were doing retrospective voting, I certainly, you know, or big enough tracks that are already getting in the countdown. This is one of the ones that I, I bigged up. I love this song. 
I think it's got one of the most insane beats and, and sample loops that has that has come out. I mean, especially at that time, if not ever, within hip hop. It's such a classic, no iconic sound. It's just like an archetype. What's going on there? Yeah. Well, yeah, like, didn't the producer reuse it or only modify it slightly for um, House of Pain's Jump Around? Yeah, same, yeah. same producer. Yeah, it's, uh, okay, crazy similar. Huh. Mm. Well, I, I did notice that that, that screech yeah. sample in there is like way way similar. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. This one, this, yeah, it, it nails it. You can just sit back on that. That the production does a lot of the work really yeah. like I mean yeah. the, the flow the flows from the MCs are great also um, you know if, if not like there's no there's no real like snap your fingers throw your hands in the air kind of amazing stanzas on their own like I sometimes get with hip hop like no. the, the, the lyrics are fine they're okay and the flows are great like it's very well delivered but man it's all about that beat oh totally yeah the groove is absolutely killer like there's this, I think the song stands up fantastically with age as well. The, the, yeah. the only part of it that's really aged is the intro, that Who Trained Crazy With Essay, but that's only mm-hmm. because I guess that was so, I guess, culturally appropriated oh, yeah. by well, yeah. so many white people mm-hmm. and they started saying, trying to go loco kind of thing. It wouldn't work but without it. Not like, going loco. It, the it, second, it the second anyone hears that, it's just like, it's on. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, the song is killer. It's so much fun. I feel crazy white for liking it. Oh, totally um, right. Particularly... 20 years after it came out. I don't have but that problem. I think it's okay. <laughs> There's only so far that I'm going to invest into a band who have a compilation called Greatest Hits from the Bong. Yeah! But this song is fucking killer. There's yeah. absolutely nothing I'm not like about it. The chorus is great. The sample beat loop is out of this world fun. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah so I good. think it's, it's a brilliant track. I love yeah. it for many reasons. And, and one of, like, one of the sort of early hip hop songs to really permeate through popular culture yeah. as well like as a white in Australian white kid in the 90s like we knew this song, we knew this song. you know like oh, it's, no, it's no. in the Simpsons and stuff like that yeah. and you know even though even now hip hop as a genre is still very much in its infancy striving for any sort of critical or popular acclaim I think this song is from whites in Australia <laughs> <laughs> this, this song no yeah like this song did is you good. imagine them getting that sheet back well it looks like we're very popular with the whites in Australia <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's a killer song. Yeah, no, I agree. It's great. Absolute fucking banger. Good times. Before we move on, yeah. uh, we don't have to do this, but Joe is a hip hop guy. If we were interested in having anyone jump in and talk about a song in this episode, he would be the guy to do it, right? Can we get now. an impromptu special guest? I don't know if you're right up now. for that. I was gonna like I was like, what is a series of hand signals that would like both ask you if you're up for it and then you if you were actually up for it. Come on board. Yeah, well I think Bunch have probably covered most of it quite well. They're a weird group because they're like a mixture between stoner genres and um, hardcore gangster rap. Yeah. And it's very difficult to place and especially um, being Latino, it's like you've got Big Pun who were who I think was he later or earlier? I think big. I think big puns later, man. Mm. Yeah, I, I get the. Yeah, I get the feeling because he was he was Wu Tang affiliated, wasn't he? Was so he the DJ? Big pun? I believe so. All oh, right. Yeah. Um. He was just he was a big carbon copy. Yeah. Right. But a few years later than him. Um. But anyway, so there's real. an interesting thing that I haven't quite explored about a Latino rap and Latino gangster rap. But yeah, what's weird to me about Cypress Hill, even though I think they're great, Black Sunday's a great album. Um. But I don't understand the link between the stoner genre and gangster rap in their particular albums. Like yeah. it's easy to see in the West Coast because it's about a lifestyle um, and it's about Crips and Bloods and all that history. Whereas in Cypress Hill, it's almost like it's a purely fictional world for the listener. Like you don't get the same idea of its authenticity. It just it seems like a 
a fiction even more so. I don't know if that's true or not. Well, I never got really much of a gangster flavour from Cypress Hill, I but guess. But, like, like, someday you've well, got... They're so um, gangster, though. Yeah, Cock the Hammer, for example. I mean, how I could just kill a man and stuff like that. Like, yeah. Um, it's supposed to be gangster. Like that. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. So, yeah, that's my thing about Cypress Hill. I think they're, they're great fun, but every time I listen to them, I think... What's going I on? I can't place these guys, like, <laughs> yeah, singing about it's a cross culture the hammer, thing, yeah. thinking about, singing about, you know, having wars with the police, but then half their tracks are just about getting blazed. I don't know if they're <laughs> drug dealers or if they sit around in their basement getting blazed talking about guns. Well, I mean, could we cite Cypress Hill as an example of kind of, like, a bit, a bit of the confusion that came out of hip-hop after the golden age where it was kind of like, you know, starting to become more commercially viable and then we're getting, like, people embodying things less, or like, authentically, mm. arguably, or being a little bit more confused about, you know, what what's selling. I mean, like, how much how much pressure was going from the label at that point or whatever? Like, I don't, sure. I don't know the production that was coming through from, from Cypress Hill at that point. Maybe these are questions that need to be asked in relation to, to solving that kind of issue that you have. Mm. I mean, that's a potential answer for... The strange mix of things, yeah, is that it's it's what sells like guns and weed. NWA is still huge. You know? Yeah, totally. Yeah, right. Guns and weed. <laughs> yeah, guns, bitches, <laughs> and, and also coming from another minority, like because you know the theory is that um, it was popular to white people because it was very comfortable for them to see black people as thugs and people who were mm. you know violent and had drug problems. And I wonder if Cypress Hill was partially able to get away with that because they were another minority. Mm. You never know. But like also on the on the minority thing, like it's great to have like Cypress Hill as a mainstream Hispanic voice because I don't really know that many other like No, big I mean, it's the first one, like, first hello, one to hit straight away. Hello, Ricky Martin. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Anthony, hello. Well, how, how can I forget hip hop classic Ricky Martin? <laughs> yeah. Representing Represent. <laughs> Well, we will have plenty more time to talk about uh, Cypress Hill a little later on in this countdown. Oh, they will do, we? We do have one more they song. They have other songs? Oh, they do. They have one <laughs> very, very... <laughs> I'll give you a clue. They have one very, very big hit that is ball. still <laughs> yet to come. Cheers for getting on board, Joe. Good to have yeah, a... thanks, man. No, thanks, thanks yeah. Cheers. And with that, that brings us to the end of this week's edition of Hottest 100s and Thousands. Thank you so much for listening. Before we get out of here, we are going to uh, go through and list what our favourite song was this week and our least favourite song. Uh, for me, of course, look, I was going to pick Green Limousine because it's just such a fucking jam, but it has to be Bullet in the Head. That song absolutely destroys, uh, and Three Little Pigs, easily the worst. Same. You, you yeah. are the worst. Agree. My favourite, I think, is going to be uh, Cypress Hill. And least favourite, of course, for Little Pigs. Yeah. Uh, look, I'm going to go Bullet on the Head plus Three Little Pigs down. Yeah. Nice. Can I also say there was a beautiful synergy between the, the first and last songs this week in that uh, Cypress Hill actually have a Three Little Pigs reference in one of their verses. No shit. Boom. Nothing is ever going to be Your that tiny again. Your mind is officially blown, ladies and gentlemen. Alrighty, well, that is going to do us for another week. On behalf of Adam Buncher, yo, welcome back. Thanks, man. It's good to be back alive. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Andrew McDonald, good to have Adam back. And Mr. <laughs> Nathan Harrison, good to have Andrew, good to have Adam. And Joe. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, I'm David James Young. Keep music evil. Goodbye. <laughs>